Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to, once again, another episode of Catching Up with College Football. And guys, first and foremost, I want to apologize for last week for not uploading a Catching Up with College Football episode. There just really was not a lot of, you know, news to talk about. And really, the main thing that happened last week was Texas and OU, you know, leaving the Big 12 early to go to the SEC, which, you know, we could have made our own, you know, made our own episode about it. But I figured I'd rather give y'all kind of like a bulk of news at once and well even this week not a lot has been going down kind of like the main thing that's been you know talked about has been you know the Pac-12 some of its media issues some teams that might be joining I mean we're obviously we're going to talk about Texas and OU leaving to go to the SEC in 2024 but um you know before we do start talking about all of our you know really two topics that we're going to talk about in today's catching up a college football episode I first and foremost want to ask y'all please make sure that if you are enjoying the episode you're enjoying the interviews we've been dropping we've had some pretty good interviews that have dropped here lately so make sure y'all are checking them out they come out on Mondays and Thursdays during the um, off season which I think I'm going to keep that format going forward I'll just have to kind of you know it just depends on how many I'm able to get out and everything like that but make sure y'all check them out make sure y'all also are going to check out our new series which is going to be coming out next week catching up with the NFL which we break down all of the offseason news in the NFL but um yeah guys if you're enjoying the podcast make sure you hit the notification bell so you can stay up to date with anything and everything cover seven NFL and college football related and also if you are feeling a little bit more generous and this is not required not expected anchor.fm and I think a couple other platforms have like monthly subscription you know programs where it's you know 99 cents a month 4.99 a month 10 or, or 9.99 a month in which it's pretty much just you know it helps me financially be able to better the quality of the podcast be able to get these out a lot more effectively to you guys and just you know continue to do what I love and get you know be able to do it as long as I can so but um anyway guys I don't want to waste you know any more of y'all's time obviously the biggest thing I'm always about is you know let's get straight to the point you know tell y'all the truth and only the truth and everything like that so <laughs> but you know like we always say I don't want to waste y'all's time don't want to waste my time either so let's get right into some college football news and well with the you know transfer portal the dead period you know pretty much until the beginning of May things have kind of been a little bit bland not really many players have been committing you know grad transfers have been entering and everything like that because you know during the dead period which is for about 3 months only grad transfers are able to enter the portal and you know commit to a school and you know already if you you know if you're already in the portal you can commit to a school and everything but there just really has not been a lot going on there's been a few coaching changes we've seen Alabama completely revamp their coaching staff former Notre Dame offensive coordinator and you know former Notre Dame quarterback Tommy Reese he decided to go join Nick State Nick Saban's staff which that might actually be a pretty good move and there was a bunch of other little moves that went down, but, you know, obviously I want to be able to talk about some of the bigger, you know, bigger topics and everything like that. And, well, arguably the big, one of the biggest topics we've had the entire offseason so far has got to be Oklahoma and Texas announcing that they instead are going to be joining the SEC a year earlier. So originally they were going to join the SEC in June of 2025. Now it's getting bumped back a year or getting bumped up a year to now June of 2024. And, it's, it's going to cost these two programs a decent chunk of change. Both schools will have to forfeit a combined $100 million in revenue distribution, which is a hefty amount of money, but makes sense because these are these are two of the biggest programs, two of the biggest blue bloods in all of college football, and leaving a conference you've been in for three decades, and especially leaving a year early, that's going to cost some type of revenue loss for the Big 12, so it makes a lot of sense. It was in the contracts and everything like that, but um, 
not really too much of a shock. Now, it was kind of, I think if I remember a little bit last week, you know, a couple of days before this actually broke on the 9th and everybody, you know, was talking about it, there was something between, you know, Fox and, you know, Oklahoma, Texas and all of them about, you know, them going to the SEC and TV deals, a bunch of media stuff that went down, which pretty much made it sound like, okay, OU and Texas, they're going to have to wait till 2025 to join the SEC, which is not the end of the world, but obviously as big of programs these are and as big of matchups that they're going to be able to do, I mean, heck, Texas is pretty much going to be joining the SEC, you know, to start off their season because they're going to be going on the road and playing the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa, I think, week two or three, I want to say. So, you know, Texas is going to be starting their season off on a bang. Oklahoma, and I haven't really looked too much at OU schedule, but I know it's nothing crazy. So both of these schools, especially with Cincinnati, UCF, you know, the new Big 12 coming in, they're pretty much like, okay, let's, you know, head out to, you know, go to the SEC. We're going to bring in a lot more revenue, going to have a lot more anticipated matchups. I mean, Texas and Texas A&M, one of the best rivalries in all of college sports. It's going to be coming back with this rivalry. You know, we're going to have Oklahoma and LSU. We're going to have Arkansas and Texas. I mean, these are some big-time matchups in which, you know, we would only ever be able to see in bowl games or if they schedule a, you know, a home-and-home home series. And, you know, to make it even better for Texas fans at least, the matchups don't quit. You know, to help with some of the costs and everything like that with them making their early exit out of the Big 12 Texas has scheduled a home-and-home home series with the Michigan Wolverines. So the first game is going to come in 2024 when Texas is going to go all the way up to Ann Arbor. And what's probably going to be an amazing matchup. We're, you know, at that point potentially could have Arch Manning being the starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. J.J. McCarthy potentially could still be starting by then for the Wolverines. It's going to be a very anticipated matchup. And then in 2027, uh, Michigan, they come down to Austin and play the Longhorns. So... We're getting another pretty good matchup out of this, and obviously it's definitely a way to kind of help a little bit with some of the costs and everything like that, which I think they definitely are going to – I think those two matchups alone, heck, maybe even just the game up in Michigan, might at least cover pretty much almost all of Texas's, you know, $50 million that they have to contribute to leave the Big 12. But anyway, regardless – OU and Texas, they're headed to the SEC, so now it's not a matter of when or if. It's a matter of, okay, let's see how these two teams are going to do next year. Now, for Texas and Oklahoma, and I talked a little bit about it just a second ago, I haven't looked too much at their schedules, so let me pull them up real quick. Okay, so first, let's talk a little bit about Oklahoma's schedule. So they, they start off the season playing Arkansas State, you know, will pay you to come and absolutely whoop you then the following week they play against SMU up in Norman that's going to be another blowout game then they go on the road at Tulsa they should win that game and then the first Big 12 game that Oklahoma has you know in the 2023 season is going to be on the road at Cincinnati now this game is going to definitely definitely be a little bit challenging for the Sooners because not only not only is this going to be the only time they play Cincinnati in the Big 12, this is also Cincinnati's first ever Big 12 game, which just so happens to be a home game against the Oklahoma Sooners. So that game is going to be absolutely fantastic. Definitely be a fun one to watch. So Sooner fans, you definitely are going to want to watch out for a kind of a trap game against the Bearcats on September 23rd. Then the following week, they go back home and play Iowa State. And then on the 7th, then they go down to Dallas and play Texas in the Red River rivalry game at the Cotton Bowl. Should be a fun matchup. Last time we'll see them in the Red River rivalry game as Big 12 foes. And then they then they go back to Norman, play UCF. Then they go up to Lawrence, play Kansas. Then they go to Stillwater. And what's going to be the last, the final 
Bedlam rivalry game. Now that game I'm very much looking forward to. I'm actually applying to Oklahoma State, so I might potentially be able to go to this game. So that's going to be something fun to watch. The the environment in Stillwater at Boone Pickens for that game is going to be pretty much un you know unimaginable. And then the following week they go back home, play West Virginia, and then they go up to Provo and actually play the Cougars of BYU and then just you know to finish off their Big 12 schedule their final regular season Big 12 game they play the TCU Horned Frogs at home so not really a horrifyingly bad schedule I mean obviously some of the biggest games at Cincinnati Texas and the um, Triple R then you play at Oklahoma State your rival um, at BYU and then you know the final game you play TCU's coming off a national championship appearance so not a regular schedule by any means and then when you look at Texas's schedule it is really not a rigorous schedule whatsoever outside of a few foes. They kick off the season playing Rice at home. Going to be an easy win. And then here's when it gets fun. The second week of the season, they go out to Tuscaloosa and play the Crimson Tide. Now, this game I think is going to be a little bit more – I mean, well, let me take that back. Last year's game was closer too. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think it will because, you know, it's Alabama at home. They're not going to really be able to do much against them. Texas has made some of the right moves in the right direction to be able to upgrade this team. They've gotten some really good transfer portal guys so far. Obviously had one of the best you know recruiting classes this past year. Added a lot of players in positions that they needed. Their defense is still going to be really good outside of losing DeMarvian Overshone. You know, losing some of your big guys up front. That Texas defense is still going to be pretty good. And you also got to remember too for Alabama... They're going to be losing um, Bryce Young. He's going to be going to the draft. They're going to be losing a couple defensive guys. So it's not going to be the same Alabama team that we've gotten so used to seeing. They're still going to be Alabama, so obviously don't underestimate them. But I think that game will be a pretty fun one. I would definitely, so you know, as of right now, my way, 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 way too early pick would have to be the Crimson Tide. But we'll see how you know offseason goes and everything like that. And then, the, and then the following week, they go back to Austin and play Wyoming. That should be a win. And then, then, then the next week, they go up to Waco and play Baylor. That should be a win. Then they come back to Austin and play the Jayhawks at home. That should also be a win. And then they go up to um, Dallas at the Cotton Bowl and play Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry game. That should be a fun one. I think Texas, you know, at least talent-wise, should be able to beat Oklahoma in that game. But, I mean, once again, this is a Steve Sarkeesian coach team, so you never know what's going to happen. We saw what happened in the first Red River rivalry game that Steve Sarkeesian had. You know, gave up a little bit of a lead. And then um, the following week, they play down in Houston. That'll be a fun one. I, th I think that, that whole Houston Cougar Stadium is going to be pretty much orange. But um, and then the following week, and this is a team that has always given Texas fits. Back to when they played them in 2013 and 2014, a team that has always given the Longhorns fits. They're going to go back to Austin and play the BYU Cougars. Back when Taysom Hill was still the quarterback of the BYU Cougars, it, 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 this is going to be a fun one to watch because I think this is going to be. I think this is probably going to be a loss for Texas because just for some reason, Texas always finds a way to lose the BYU. And then the following week, they host Kansas State at home. That should be a fun one. I mean, Kansas State, they're losing a lot of their big-time players, Deuce Vaughn, Felix, and UDK Ozama, you know, a couple of corner guys as well. But once again, Kansas State's a really great coach team. I've talked a lot about it in the interviews that I've had with a lot of K-State guys, so make sure you all check those out. And then the following week, they go on the road and play in Fort Worth against my TCU Horned Frogs. That's going to be a fun one to watch, depending on if I'm up in Stillwater, um, 
you know, and for college, I might have to go attend that game. Just the last time we'll see the Longhorns in Fort Worth in a conference game. And then they go back on the road, go up to Ames and take on Iowa State. And then they finish off the year playing their rival Texas Tech down in Austin. And what potentially could be the last time we see them play Texas Tech, depending on if Texas decides to kind of do what Georgia does with Georgia Tech and, you know, a couple other schools do with their um, in-state rivals. So, you know, not too bad schedules for each of these teams. I know for Texas, you're glad to not have Oklahoma State on your schedule. For Oklahoma, you're missing – um. God, who are they missing? Kansas State. I know that's one team that Oklahoma is super glad they don't have this year. That's obviously the Sooner killers themselves, Kansas State. So let me know what y'all think about the Sooners and the Longhorns headed to the um, SEC early. Let me know how y'all think they're going to do in terms of recruiting and you know the first year actually being in the SEC. I personally wouldn't expect too much out of Texas at least. I know they've got a you know okay, and this has been a thing with Texas for years and years and years. They've had SEC talent, right? I mean, they have always had guys that could play at the SEC level. Just the coaching has always kind of hindered them. So I guess we'll see how Steve Sarkeesian or Texas decides to go in a different direction if this you know, this upcoming year doesn't go the way they planned. I mean, this is really a boomer bust year for Steve Sarkeesian because, I mean, he – I don't want to say he's disappointed, but he definitely is disappointed. Hasn't had a bowl win yet. I mean, didn't even make a bowl game his first year. You know, get blown out against Washington in the Alamo Bowl. So, I know Longhorn fans, they're waiting greatness, obviously. I mean, you know, when you put that Longhorn, you know, put that Longhorn helmet on, you got the Longhorn logo on your jacket, suit, whatever. You know, you're expected to perform to a certain, you know, extent. And if, you know, boosters don't like it and they don't feel like you're doing it the way that you should be doing it. They'll send you out real quick. We've seen it with a lot of different guys, Tom Herman, Charlie Strong, and Steve Sarkeesian may very well be the next one, or he might be able to, you know, kind of resurge his head coaching career with the Longhorns and get back to where they need to be. So, yeah, Texas know you. They're headed to the SEC in 2024, so this will be the final year after a three-decade stint that they have spent with the Big 12. So now let's get to our final topic in today's Catching Up with College Football, Episode 10. Um... So we're going to head out to the Pac-12. Now, the Pac-12 is a conference that is in very much jeopardy right now. And it's not for the fact of the teams that they've been contacting to join because I'm a TCU guy, so I always kind of have to joke and kid a little bit with SMU. But there's been some media stuff that's been going down with the Pac-12 that's kind of just subsided. So it was reported earlier this week that CBS and Turner have actually you know, quit discussing media rights deals with the Pac-12, which would be, you know, streaming games and stuff like that on their um, broadcast. So, like, you know, CBS Sports Network or TNT or whatever, right? So, definitely a little bit concerning for the Pac-12, considering you're losing two of your biggest schools in USC and UCLA, which are in huge markets, obviously, Los Angeles. So, that's already worrisome enough. But then you've also got to be able to go out and get two schools to replace them. Now, it was announced earlier this week that the Pac-12 commissioner and the Pac-12 itself has been really targeting two schools, and that is San Diego State, which makes plenty of sense because, well, it's in California, fits the Pac-Pacific Atlantic Conference title, and then SMU over in Dallas, which makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of people are like, well, geographically doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten, which is a Midwestern conference, doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's all about money and getting a market like Dallas is huge. Now, in the DFW area, the main school is TCU. SMU fans, you can hate me for saying it, but we all know it is true. TCU, who's coming off a national championship appearance, that is the main school in the DFW market. Now, in terms of money and boosters and everything like that, 
SMU has got a fine amount of money sitting around at that university. They've got some of the most generous boosters you will see. I mean, half of their stadium renovation was paid just off of boosters, which it was a $100 million renovation. So $50 million of that came from just booster money alone. So, yeah, this is a school that if you definitely want to be able to have for, you know, money reasons and everything like that. But the appeal of SMU is what's kind of, you know, kept the Pac-12 at an arm's distance, so to speak, right? And the same thing with San Diego State. Both of those programs aren't going to give you one to two to three million dollars, or not million, one to two to three million viewers on a, you know, Saturday afternoon when you've got Alabama and Texas playing or you've got A&M and Arkansas, you know, you're just, or for example, you even got even some Big 12 schools like, say, Ohio State and Heck, even Illinois, I mean, you're not going to be able to get more viewers with schools like that. And that's kind of what's kept the Pac-12 away. Now, SMU fans, they've been completely oblivious to the fact that, well, they don't bring in that much viewership. You know, you look at their stadiums, even on off years, and, I mean, you, you can look at it even when they're doing great. They don't fill up the stadium that well either. Their stadium is, is one of the worst, one of the absolute worst at the at the um, Division One FBS level. I've been there numerous times, was there for the TCU-SMU game this past year, and that was an absolute cluster. I mean, it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had at a stadium. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to have to go into SMU if they want to be able to make, you know, finally make that jump to the Power 5 level. But also with the Pac-12, they've got to figure out their own things because right now they haven't been able to get a media deal with really any company. I know Amazon, they're kind of talking with them a little bit about, you know, featuring one game per week on Amazon Prime, I'd imagine. So that's something that at least the Pac-12 has going for them. But in terms of, you know, ESPN, CBS, TNT, you know, a lot of programs like that, they haven't really been, you know, attracted to the Pac-12 and for right reasons. You know, USC and UCLA – they're headed out. Oregon and Washington have been kind of contemplating, you know, leaving the um, leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big Ten or potentially the Big 12, which has been something that's kind of been talked about. So something to kind of monitor a little bit. Now, in terms of SMU and San Diego State joining the Pac-12, I think it is very likely it happens, largely due to the fact that, I mean, there's not a lot of other programs they can go after. I mean, Boise State would be a good one. The fan base they have is going to give you a lot more views than San Diego State and SMU. But, I mean, in terms of, you know, other schools that they could have added, like BYU, it, they just – it took too long. And, obviously, right now they're really in a bad position because a lot of those schools – they're going to want to get out. Colorado's one of them now that with Deion Sanders, they're going to want to be able to get to a bigger market, and the closest market's either going to be the Big Ten or the or go back to the Big 12. So it's some interesting, it's some interesting times right now for the Pac-12 in terms of what they're going to be able to do and you know how much longer we can really classify that conference as a Power 5 because as, all, as far as we know, in five years from now, they could be down there you know, with like Conference USA and the American and everything like that because right now their viewership is pretty much along that line so something to just to continue to monitor and look at but guys that is going to wrap up today's catching up a college football episode episode 10 can't believe we've been doing it for 10 weeks already i know i say it in every type of episode we do or whether it's a preview interview or whatever but it's been fun making these i'm glad that i was able to kind of you know give y'all some pretty interesting news this week i'm hoping we'll have enough for next week i'm hoping if not i apologize guys i just don't want to give y'all a you know half half butt type you know episodes so 
Anyways, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you like what you're listening to, you like the episodes, interviews, make sure you hit that follow button. Make sure you hit the notification bell. And, guys, I will see y'all in the next one. Peace.